Welcome to the Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones podcast with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we are here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert clinicians whose goal is to make care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we will spend time learning from healthcare providers and patients in hopes of offering solutions to your own aches and pains. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones with Rock Valley Physical Therapy. We have a guest with us today, Kristen Chuba. Would you like to introduce yourself and thanks for being on, first of all? Sure. Hi, I'm Kristen and I'm a physical therapist. I've been uh, in the field for 11 years now um, and seven of those have been with Rock Valley. Um, I'm a DPT and after graduation from Bradley in Peoria, I went ahead and did some certain specialty things. Uh, I'm a certified exercise expert for the aging adult, a geriatric clinical specialist, and also a certified LSVT big provider. All right. You're probably wondering what LSVT big is. Maybe you've heard of that. The topic today that we're going to cover is Parkinson's and LSVT treatment. So Kristen's going to enlighten us on that. That is an area that I have zero expertise in. So I'm, I'm going to be pretty good at playing dumb today because I won't be playing. So I'll ask you some questions and just kind of have you explain what you do with these people and how you can help. Kristen, first of all, can you just kind of give us the, the basic uh, definition of Parkinson's and maybe how somebody with Parkinson's presents to you when they come in the clinic? Sure. So, so people with Parkinson's, they, it's a movement disorder and due to a lack of a chemical called dopamine in their brain, it produces these smaller, slower than normal sized movements. So they might be shuffling when they walk, they might have a stooped over posture, they might have problems starting and stopping movements. And it's also a perceptual disorder, so they don't recognize that these movements have gotten smaller. And because of some cueing deficits, they continue to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And so it just becomes this big circle of movement disorder and fall risk uh, and can spiral out of control if left to continue on. So we've got some balance issues and some gait abnormalities, it sounds like. Yes. Um, how about just strength issues? Do they develop strength deficits as a result? Actually, no. People who just have Parkinson's are quite strong. They just don't have that ability to access that strength on, on command. So it's like the hardware and the computer is working, but the software is not controlling it correctly. Exactly. Okay. I think that's a great explanation. Thanks for doing that. I think most people listening have probably heard of Parkinson's or maybe know somebody with Parkinson's, but maybe don't necessarily know what it is or how it affects people's lives. Probably the most important question here is when you see that patient with Parkinson's in your clinic, what, what can we do about it as therapists? So there's a lot of different ways to address these deficits that people will have, but the best way to do that is to cue them for higher amplitude of movement to go bigger, go faster, 
do more so that we can they can actually produce the correct size of movement which will feel abnormally huge to them but then we as therapists can video record them for example and they can see that oh even though i feel like i'm a giant stomping on the <laughs> ground my walking actually looks like someone else's so again the perception of how they're moving is off but giving that visual feedback is helpful right is there a fear component to that too if you're asking them to move quicker move bigger and they're they've gotten the spiral of smaller and smaller movements mm -hmm. i just had this conversation with a lady yesterday that it's actually the opposite is true. When we move more, more smaller so much that we're not really picking our feet up off of the ground, we're actually more at risk of falling rather than taking that proper sized step. So we've kind of retrained some of these movements um, and then sounds like video is a great feedback. Tell us what, you mentioned LSVT. So I have no idea what those letters mean. So sure. fill us in here. Yeah, so LSVT stands for Lee Silverman Voice Treatment. And it's one of the many tools that we can use to help individuals with Parkinson's. Lee Silverman is the name of the lady that this program was first developed around back in the 80s and voice treatment, it was originally developed as a speech therapy program. And so this lady went through the program and they found that yes, her, her voice is more easy to understand, which is another thing that can happen to people with Parkinson's, their vocal muscles don't work properly. Um, but then they also noticed that her gross motor and fine motor movements were better as well. So they thought, well, there's got to be some sort of a connection here. And that's when LSVT branched into two different branches. So there is LSVT loud, which is provided by a speech therapist addressing things like uh, expression of someone's voice or the clarity of their voice, the loudness of their voice. And there's LSVT big, which addresses the motor component of Parkinson's disease, both, both the gross motor and the fine motor things. And that's provided by a physical therapist or an occupational therapist. Okay. Either of those treatments stand alone or do they kind of have to be provided together typically? They can stand alone depending on what kind of things someone is experiencing, what their biggest complaint is. Sometimes they can do big and loud at the same time. Maybe someone is not having a lot of motor deficits. They can just do loud or they're not concerned about their voice and their speech yet. They can just do big. Depends on their needs, their timing, how progressed the, the pathology is at that exactly. point. Exactly. Okay. Can you explain a little bit, we kind of have an understanding of maybe what the treatment is, how does that work? I mean, how, how does that work to retrain muscles and retrain the nervous system? So it's a very neurointensive program. By seeing someone at an increased frequency than what we would typically someone see someone in physical therapy, we can override that cycle of what's happening in Parkinson's disease. So what they've been researching for the past 25 plus years for 
people with Parkinson's is they found that what works best is to see people four days a week for an hour long session one-on-one -on -one with a physical or occupational therapist who is doing big or a speech therapist who's doing loud. And there are some specific exercises that are done in that session. Then the rest of that time is spent doing functional activities that are chosen by the patients and their family or caregiver, things that are meaningful to them. Uh, and they might be things like a one-step movement, such as getting up and down from a chair. They might be multi-step movements, like getting into bed and covered up with the covers, or getting in and out of the car, carrying things up and down the stairs. I've even had the opportunity to help a lady work on her golf swing. Mm -hmm. So it really is whatever someone wants to make it has an outline that you kind of follow, but then you can individualize that or customize it to that person's needs and, it their, is and their family very needs. individualized. In the three years that I've been certified in doing this program, I don't think that I've repeated a functional activity with any one person. Wow. That's something to keep to your toes and got to be creative probably. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. This is kind of a side question that I thought of as we were talking about that is pain oftentimes a factor with these patients or not necessarily? It can be, yes. Uh, not necessarily, but of course, it's never just one thing that someone has going on. Maybe they have chronic back pain or neck pain or an old rotator cuff tear. Um, so the guideline is to be as big as possible, but without reproducing pain. So it's, it's not our goal to make someone feel real sore in these other areas. Granted, they're going to be moving more differently than they're used to using. So they might have that delayed onset muscle soreness, but it certainly should not be anything that is sharp or ruining the rest of their day. Yeah, and the Parkinson's itself doesn't necessarily have pain associated with it, but they may have pre-existing other pain issues. They may have other pain issues, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where education comes in, you know, for physical therapists, even like myself in the orthopedic world, right? We have to explain to that patient, you may be sore a day or two after this, and that's totally normal. Mm -hmm. Don't freak out, right? Mm -hmm. um, exactly. And set that expectation that's, hey, that's your muscles working and getting stronger, and mm -hmm. they haven't done this for a while, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and just to clarify, so you mentioned that they would come in four days a week for about an hour each time. Mm -hmm. How long is this a... The rest of their life type thing is this in short episodes what do you typically do that for so this goes on for one month mm -hmm. formally in physical therapy um, and then after that time what they found through research studies is that um, by continuing to do the specific exercises in practicing the bigger more functional type movements that people can maintain the gains of that are accomplished within two years before they might have to do things again. Mm -hmm. So the recommendation is to do the formal therapy for a month and then continue on with the specific exercises forever uh, for the rest of their life and along with whatever mode of exercise that they enjoy, whether that's walking or swimming riding a bicycle, whatever it is that they enjoy. So as that 
patient's condition changes over time, then let's say two years down the road, they're in a different situation. Can they come back and see someone like you and, and repeat this or how does that work? Absolutely. So I mean, if we know that it works, to me, why change a good thing? Mm -hmm. And that is what people can do, why people can do the program again. Uh, they call it a tune-up session when someone is repeating the program again. So depending on how far things have deteriorated or they might have some cognitive involvement, they might need to do the whole four-week program again versus if someone has caught these changes that are normally a part of the disease process because Parkinson's is a progressive neurologic thing. Um, they might only need a couple weeks uh, to get themselves back on track mm -hmm. and then they're off on their own again. The other group I could think of there is if their living situation has changed, right? Maybe their spouse is no longer living with them or maybe they've moved to a, a assisted living type setting and their needs are different maybe. Sure, yes. Yeah. Okay. Or if they were had the flu or something mm -hmm. and were just down and out and with anyone that puts you off your game for mm -hmm. a couple days. Yeah. So. so how do these people either get to a therapist that can help them or how do you find patients? How, do, how does this work? Well, in Illinois, uh, which is where I practice at, we do not need a physician's referral to get started. We have direct access now, which is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So if someone has identified that I'm having issues with my balance, whether they have Parkinson's or not, they can go to a physical therapist for an assessment and see if that is an appropriate course of care for them. And as a PT, we would be in contact with the physician's office to share our findings or point them in the right direction if physical therapy is not right for them. Otherwise, orders can be sent from the primary care physician, their neurologist, a movement disorder specialist, really anyone who would write a referral for physical therapy. Yeah, and I will say it's the same in Iowa where, where the other portion of our practices are anyway, and, and most states have direct access. So mm -hmm. you can see your therapists. We are trained to identify things that are within and outside of our scope of practice mm -hmm. and make appropriate referrals and communicate with you know other providers, whether it's a neurologist or a primary care doctor. So Exactly, and I always tell people that I've seen in the past, if they notice anything changing or their spouse or children notice that things are getting more difficult to please reach out at any time because with that direct access maybe I can get them in quicker than their neurologist could and they're just a phone call away to provide an update on how things are going. Yeah especially in those cases where you've established care in the past you know mm -hmm. it, it might take them two months to get into their neurologist. Mm -hmm. If they get into you that same week, let's get started on stuff, right? Exactly. So Kristen, how would you measure somebody's progress in therapy with this? You know, are there any tests that you would put them through to, to you know, show them that they are improving and progressing if they can't tell on their own? Well, there's a lady that I'm working with now. Initially, we did the timed up and go test, which is a functional measure to, for someone's timed gait speed, a way to look at their mobility in their home. So someone would stand up, walk 10 feet, turn around, come back and sit down. The first day when I did that for her, 
It took her over four minutes to complete that. When I saw her yesterday, we did, and this is three weeks into the program, she did it in a minute and a half. So it is really cool to see the change that someone can have over time in that program and how much better that's going to make her daily activity. For example, this lady, the first day when I did that test, she had to stop in that 10 feet out and back five times due to severe back pain and stop and stand a minute and start again. Mm -hmm. Whereas now she's completing that and I always ask her afterwards, how's your back feeling? I have no pain. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, just think that how much more functional she can be, you know, if she has to get up and go to the restroom or mm -hmm. get up and, you know, get something ready to eat, right? Like just those little things that we all take for granted exactly. when we have normal gait speed and balance, right? Yes. All right, Kristen, that was the last question I had for you. But uh, first of all, thanks for your time with us today. If anybody listening either has Parkinson's themselves or a family member and, you know, they've listened to this and thought this might be something that could benefit me, what would you recommend? As, you know, how do they find somebody like you that can do this? So there is a website for the LSBT treatment approach, and that is www.lsbt.com global.com and there's a way to search for providers in your area um, but if you are in the quad cities region please feel free to reach out to me again i'm kristen and the number for my clinic is 309-797-0866 and i would be happy to answer any questions that you, someone might have about this program and also to kind of help direct them to an area that's closest to their home and convenient for them to come to. Yeah, so you may be able to find them, somebody, if they're not real close to you. Sure, them. Yeah. absolutely. Very good. Um, you shared a, a nice line with me while we were on a break earlier about kind of your goal with these patients. If you want to leave our audience with, with that line, that would be fantastic. Sure. Yeah, my, my personal goal for everyone in this program is for them to be as independent as possible, as safe as possible for as long as possible. Thanks for what you do with these patients. Um, it's definitely a very unique population that not, not every therapist is trained to work with. So yes. we appreciate you and all you do. Thanks. Glad to share the info. You bet. Reach out to Kristen if you have help. We'll put the website and phone number that she mentioned on the description of this podcast if you didn't catch it when she said it. Um, Rock Valley has over 50 clinics serving Iowa and Illinois with locations from Des Moines to Cedar Rapids to Northern Iowa through the Quad Cities, Southeast Iowa, and into Peoria. Our therapists live out our tagline every day with the goal of making better lives.